Hello, welcome to Parlor Tricking with CD Madia. I'm out in West Africa this week to be specific. I'm in Guinea Conakry celebrating, marking Africa Day. It's happening. We're celebrating with the people of West Africa. But I'm still keeping my finger on the pile, still watching what's happening back home and trying to make sense of the politics back home. This week, I speak to former Joburg Mayor Dr. Mpoh Palatz. Interestingly enough, she's not given up on the idea of being mayor again. She speaks about the boredom <laughs> of being on the opposition benches. But we also speak about what her thoughts are on the state of the city since leaving office. This is episode 8 of season 3 of a politics podcast brought to you by Eyewitness News. So are you used to it yet, being on the opposition benches, being the leader of caucus in council? I don't think I'll ever get used to being in opposition. Uh, greetings to you, to your listeners. Um, opposition is, for me, it's boring. Um, I've started doing statistics just to keep my mind active. <laughs> because I'm bored, you know, and, and I've started looking at what else I can do because I'm a part-time counselor now, so I'm not full-time, so I don't need to dedicate 24 hours of my time to, to the city of Johannesburg. I can look at other opportunities, so I am I'm looking for other things that I can do to, 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 to make use of my time. When you look at the city, mayor after mayor, what comes to mind more so as the former mayor of the city of Johannesburg? It's very sad, very concerning as to where we're going as a country, very concerning as to what's going to happen in 2024. It's sad to see just the level of self-interest that's in putting together governments, that residents are the least of people's considerations. You know, it's all about where can I get a better deal? And yeah, it, it worries me, particularly with the state of the city. When I became mayor, I knew the city is broken and I knew it would take time to fix the city. It was not going to be an overnight thing. It needed consistency, follow through, stability. And unfortunately, we have not had any of that. We've spent a lot of time politicking. Even in the 13 months that I was mayor, as much as we got got a bit done, there was a lot of politicking in the background. And that does take up your time. It takes up your energy, your focus. So it's really unfortunate what's happening. I, I feel like we need to go back to the polls. I wish we could have elections again already because I feel like this is not working. It's not working. And the remainder of the five-year term is just too long. Uh, I can't imagine us going through this for another three and a half years. But paint a picture for us, Doctor. How does that play itself out? You speak about self-interest. How does the city even get to a point where mayors like Tapelo, Ahmad, and Kabelo, Guamanda are elected into office? Bear in mind, this is one of the most advanced cities on this continent, one of the richest economies of this continent that this is happening in. So let me give a bit of background as to how things started. Firstly, in 2016, we had the first coalition government in the city of Johannesburg. It was the first time that the city was not in the hands of the ANC. We had the Herman Mashaba administration. I was MMC in that administration. It was a coalition. Um, But it was a more sober 
coalition because a you had fewer parties and b i suppose because we were new to this thing you know people were amenable to working together peacefully collaboratively what we saw in 2021 is different is that we saw one seat parties wanting to have the mayorship wanting to have the speaker seat and saying we want our voice to be the same as the party with the 71 seats and the party with the 44 seats and so this horse trading for positions is what has defined us as governments so when i was elected as mayor it was by chance when i went into that council meeting we didn't have a single coalition partner we had ourselves only with our 26% and by chance i got elected as mayor and we were vulnerable in a minority government we started looking at who can we work with even though we had tried to negotiate before the fact and i think you remember that there was again contention around herman mashaba wanting to be mayor and the dia saying but we have the biggest number of seats we should get the mayorship and that's why we went into that meeting without an agreement and after the fact after my election there were further negotiations and eventually we put together a coalition we ended up with 10 political parties now if, if i were to share what happened in those negotiations you had one seat parties saying i want to be mmc you know and that's where the trouble really started you didn't have that in the 2016 administration i mean i remember it was only da mmcs we had eight da mmcs and two ifp mmcs and that was it the rest of our partners were in in the legislature so they had chairperson positions in the legislature the level of ambition and self interest was a lot less than what we're seeing now now everybody wants the big positions what birthed this the need to get a slice of the pie that they can make such bold demands in those negotiations and you know i'm not sure i have the answer to that i mean between 2016 and 2021 as to what actually happened for people to start thinking no wait a minute if i have one seat i can also be mayor you know i can also be an mmc it's ridiculous if you ask me it shouldn't be because in my view the number of seats speaks to the voice of the electorate and that needs to be taken into consideration at all you know and and so I, i'm not sure but i do know that a lot of the self interest stems from people wanting access to the purse um but this is a picture you are painting on your side too within your coalition discussions that's what that's what happened with our coalition partners at the time yeah. the partners that were ambitious overly ambitious that wanted more than what we felt they deserved have since moved over and that's why we were ousted <laughs> Yeah so you had yeah you had Cobbs Colleen Macbella who from the outset with her one seat wanted to be an MMC and you had URM with one seat you had the ATM with one seat and we tried to say but we've got other parties with one seat they only have chairpersons how do we explain that you get to be an MMC and they don't and and she said well i'm also capable so i want to i don't care about numbers and 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 that's where it really started and the compromise was the chair of chairs position and that's how she became chair of chairs in the first place but now what you see is that the 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 shopping around started so she was with us but she was never really with us and i felt it i felt it by the way when she was still in our coalition she was very antagonistic you know almost opposing at every turn very difficult to work with really no i was not let me ask you this have you now completely given up on being joburg mayor is there no way of going back to the negotiation tables you can never give up 
You can never give up if you are still in the city. And I'm still in the city. I still get calls daily about service delivery challenges. I get calls by city departments asking me to intervene, help them with electricity, I contact ESCOM on their behalf. Yet there's a mayor and a whole administration. So that is still happening. There is no way. And I have no authority now. You know, if I call ESCOM on behalf of a city department, they can't give me feedback. They need to speak to the customer. And I'm just an opposition councillor. So my hands are tight and it makes work difficult. So of course you would want to be in a position where you can help easily. Um, I get calls about corruption. You know, there's there's matters now at the city parks and zoo that I'm dealing with, corruption allegations. So that is still happening. And for as long as you're still in the environment, you can never give up on, on being at the helm because you can see how much is going wrong, um, how much of, of neglect is happening. And you know that when you were there, you were paying attention, you were responsive and and you would want to do that but what I haven't done is I've not invested myself emotionally so for instance with the last election I I went in with no expectation whatsoever so when I didn't get elected I was not crushed I was not disappointed and I was very intentional about not investing emotionally because yeah yeah so you made a run of becoming DA federal leader, it didn't go your way. Are you still eyeing serving the DA differently? Um, you are now in, in council. You say you're bored in council. Are you not considering Gauteng's leadership? I mean, that position is up for grabs. We are going to elections where Gauteng residents specifically, the Gautengers, are searching for a premier. I've not decided to do that. There are people who have approached me to ask me to consider putting my hand up for Gauteng leader, for premier candidate. Um, I'm not there yet. Um, I'm not saying it will never happen, but it's not something that I've decided to do. No, not at all. Um, If there's a good candidate that I can back, I will do so. Um, I'm not too invested. I have my own sentiments about provinces I feel like provinces should be done away with so I don't really see the impact I would have at a provincial level so I'm not really drawn to it but if the opportunity arises then yes I mean something I could do but I'm not too invested in it. it's not like local government and national government where I feel like there's really lots you can do I agree to a degree, but they tried to build the combi courts. Remember those combination courts that were netball and soccer in Soweto, but they got into trouble. So I don't know, but I do get what you're saying about the role of provincial government. I want to talk to you about the Joburg administration. You've got Mayor Kaibelo Kwamanda, who I know you take extreme exception to. Talk to me about why you don't want Kaibelo Kwamanda in that office. First of all, we've been subjected to compromise mayors, right? We all know that the NC and the EFF have a pending matter in Ekurileni, where the EFF has said we want mayorship in Ekurileni, and until that happens, we will not support an NC mayor in Johannesburg. And that's why this gravitation towards minority party candidates for mayorship. Now, if you've got strong candidates within the minorities, firstly, they're minorities because they don't have many people. So you don't have a big enough pool to source quality candidates from. So we had Tapelo Ahmad from Aljama, who was already a compromised candidate. It was just a matter of time before everybody agreed and the PA was first to say, uh-uh, we think we made a mistake. But instead of giving us a better 
candidate. They went for yet another compromise candidate. It's totally unfair on the residents of Johannesburg. I feel compromised as a professional in the space. I feel like the, the space is unprofessional. And I would like to work in a professional environment. I'd like to have confidence in the people who are in leadership, whether it's ourselves or or or, or different block of political parties. I would like to feel like I'm in a professional environment with people who are competent and I've got something to oppose, that, that there's substance to my opposition work. I don't want to be dealing with uh, a person's history of allegedly scamming people in, in a township, in a poor community in Soweto. I don't want to be dealing with that. I don't want to be dealing with the fact that um, this, this person may not have a matric. I don't want to be dealing with the fact that their party leader had never seen their CV and they didn't bother to do a proper vetting process. We don't deserve that and we don't have time for that. We've got real challenges on the ground and they need our focus. What do you make of his recent comments? I think Eyewitness News asked him about the allegations and his qualifications. He pretty much refused to give any answers. Well, I remember listening to his interview in Alex where he said, this is a company that existed when I was much younger than I am now. And I'm sorry, you may have been younger, but you were an adult. You've not paid back the money if the, if really that scheme existed and you received money from those ladies that I met with personally who showed me evidence that they paid money into this account. You've not done time for the crime that you committed if in, if indeed you committed a crime and you were running a Ponzi scheme that's, that's illegal. So we cannot just kick it under the carpet on grounds that you were younger than you are now when you were of age and you understood exactly what you were doing. It's unacceptable. A case has been opened and I hope that law enforcement will do their job. How do you reconcile that when your leader is John Stenazen? That's the man at the helm of your party who's seemingly in the same exact boat as Cabello Kwamanda. My understanding is that John has a matric, that's my understanding. Um, and, and that's one the first difference. I would have preferred for John to have studied further personally I would have preferred that um, I believe in education and that's why I've studied every chance I got when I didn't study it's because I, I didn't have time or you know the circumstances did not allow and as the Democratic Alliance we are a meritocratic organization we carry ourselves that way and that's why we run our processes recruitment processes whether it's for councillors whether it's for mayors premiers we run them that way and I believe that we need to showcase it um, even in our leadership so yes personally I would have preferred for him to even do short courses you know for me it would make me feel better um, but I wouldn't compare him to Gabelo Gomanda definitely not if you look at John's progression in the political space starting as a councillor um, becoming a caucus leader at, at a local level becoming a provincial leader and growing through the ranks going into parliament he's been there for years um, he served as whip of, of parliament I believe that what he didn't learn through formal study he picked up through experience and yes and that's the fundamental difference here Gabelo Gobanda was not a councillor before 2021. He's new to our council. And if you look at his CV, there's nothing that says he's got the experience. You know, he's never worked in public service, nothing like that. So it's really irresponsible what the NC and the EFF did and the minority party partners. And I hope the voters are watching. And then you have MMCs like Kenny Kunene. His recent stunt in the Joburg CBD, I heard that was initially meant to be an eviction, but it didn't turn out to be. But we all saw those videos and our people were being treated in those abandoned buildings. 
I saw that as a pure publicity stunt. Uh, what I saw is that he saw an opportunity. The, the PA has been trying to get the mayorship. You heard Gayton when he decided they don't support Tabula Ahmad anymore. He was quick to put his name forward as a potential mayoral candidate. And in some of the talks, even with the DA, um, Kenny Kunena's name was also put forward. So the PA wants mayorship. And he probably just saw an opportunity to showcase uh, what he can do as mayor. But all he was interested in, in my view, is publicity. Because surely he knew what he was doing was illegal. But what should happen to those buildings in the inner city? I supported the program that we ran under Herman Mashaba. And we continued with that program. You have to do things legally. You can't cut corners. Our biggest challenge in the inner city is that our buildings are hijacked. And most of the people in those buildings are undocumented migrants. I had started conversations with Minister Mutwaledi to talk about beefing up capacity in the city of Johannesburg. Immigration was very thinly capacitated in the city. And so they were not able to keep up with the the raids we wanted to conduct at the rate we wanted them done because of the number of buildings we need to address. Um, and, and in our discussion, we actually agreed on various work streams and hijacked buildings was one of those work streams. And they were going to ensure that we have adequate resources because we were going to be driving this jointly. That was the first thing. The second thing is temporary emergency accommodation. The law dictates that if you're going to evict people, you must provide temporary emergency accommodation. I was listening to to Councillor Gunene's interview and he was talking about the, the MMC for and social development. It doesn't even understand who's responsible for that in the city. The housing um, department must ensure that temporary emergency accommodation is available. But when you have a home affairs or immigration that is assisting you, that significantly reduces that demand because the number of people that you are dealing with that you need to accommodate will go down significantly when immigration does their job as well because the vast majority of the people are undocumented migrants. And that is how systematically we were beginning to work on the problem. Um, We continued again, like I said, with the, the program we started under the 2016 administration where we were inviting the private sector to come in and and claim some of these buildings and repurpose them for social housing and so on. That program was continuing under our administration and we were working very closely with development planning, JPC, to ensure that there is no blockage and and, and, and that there is efficiency and, 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 and we fast track the process. We already had some buildings that were being repurposed for student accommodation and, and so on under our administration. I am winding down now. Earlier, you said you'll never give up. Can you go back, though, to the negotiation tables with the likes of COPE, with Colleen, with the Patriotic Alliance? You say they've shown what they want from these talks and out of Joburg, and that's about self-interest. Can you talk to them again? The DEA's relationship with COPE is a healthy one. In fact, after... Colleen facilitated our ousting, we continued to negotiate with COPE. What we had hoped at the time is that COPE would discipline Colleen. They have failed, unfortunately, to do so. If there is any chance of COPE deploying a different candidate in the city of Johannesburg, definitely they would still be a part of us and we would have that appetite to talk to them because our problem was not with COPE. It was with an individual who was disingenuous and, and, and backstabbed us, so to speak. Uh, in terms of the Patriotic Alliance, John Steenhazen has been very clear in his letter that leaked to, to Herman Mashaba where he said, we have a problem with the flip-flopping behavior that we are seeing with the Patriotic Alliance. They were instrumental 
instrumental in facilitating our ousting in January. And three months down the line, they already want to come back because they don't like Tapelo Ahmad. What's to say that they will not do that three months down the line again? And how will that work for stability in the city? And all that the DA was asking is, can the PA pick a side once and for all at a national level, we work together. We've got that relationship with the IFP where in KZN, the DA is able to say in this by-election, we will not contest. We will support the IFP contesting. That relationship we know, even in the city of Johannesburg, I know that the IFP will not go behind our backs and go and work with other parties because the, the relationship is cemented by a national relationship. There's so much at stake and the PA simply does not want to commit to the that kind of framework and it gives them the leeway to do this flip-flopping and the DA doesn't want to govern if we cannot promise our residents that we will be able to follow through on our promise and the delivery of service. When you dropped a video with your husband, I think you were singing. We were driving to the by-election campaign. Ah, yes, you were not singing. What were people's reaction? Well, I... I'm bringing him in. So what's happening between me and Brutus is a bit of a shock to the system. But there are people who are doing it behind closed doors. And I'm rubbing it in their faces because I'm saying, if we are a liberal party, let's be truly liberal. You know, stop hiding. Uh, If you love somebody from a different political party, love them openly, you know, and there's nothing wrong with loving somebody from a different political party. If you look at the number of parties we have in South Africa now, what are the chances that all of us in the DA are going to fall in love with somebody in the DA? Um, There's nobody in the DA that grabs me, you know, and I'm not going to be lonely because I'm, I'm so desperate to be with someone in the DA when I found my soulmate in Action SA. Action SA is not too different from the DA I do logically so it's not even as though ideologically we differ so much brutus and i have a very peaceful marriage even where politics is concerned we agree on most things so so there's really no issues but i do feel like um i am testing boundaries and i knew i was testing boundaries but i'm happy to do it because people must be set free we're a liberal party and we must be truly liberated last 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 one for me what do you then say to those who assume your relationship is a pathway to join action sa if you remember they predicted that you were contesting because you wanted to find a way out they predicted that bongani baloi will find himself on the outside and you will then rise to become the premier candidate for action sa and you know what bongani baloi is now out i had a good relationship with Herman as my mayor when I was MMC. I've had ample opportunity to join Action SA. I chose not to join Action SA. I was intentional about remaining in the Democratic Alliance and my reasons still stand. Um, Action SA, in my view, has not succeeded to differentiate itself much from the Democratic Alliance. That's why a lot of people call it DA light. And for me, it won't make sense to leave the real thing to go to a light, um, quite frankly. Uh, And also just looking at realistically what kind of impact they're likely to have in 2024 as opposed to what kind of impact the DA is likely to have. It won't make sense for me to trade the DA for Action SA. I'm in politics because I want to make a difference. I want to be in government. I want to solve large-scale societal problems. And I need to be realistic about where that's likely to happen. And I don't see it happening in Action SA. All right, that's it from Dr. Mpopalazzi. Thank you for joining me in studio. Remember, I'm in Guinea, Conakry. Catch the updates on what I got up to in West Africa when I come back next week.
Thank you so much to my producer, Duduzile Masuku. For Eyewitness News, my name is TD Madia.